Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to episode 103 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk all about ankle issues and foot issues. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational and let the marathon running podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond hey runners welcome to episode 103 and this is take three ryan yes it is are we both recording this time we are both recording i'm sorry about that (laughs) one time i wasn't next time you weren't And now we are here, and it seems like it's going just fine. I hope everyone can hear us. So we are Ryan and Letty. We do a weekly running podcast on all things marathoning. We bring experts to you, whether it be about coaching advice or nutrition advice, mental toughness advice, uh, race recap, whatever it be. So here we are, and today our topic will be all about ankles and feet injuries, which seems to be a very common problem for us runners. The feet are taking a lot of abuse when you run. And you see that a lot, Ryan, because you, uh, I guess you see feet on a daily basis. Well, all sorts of joints, <laughs> but yeah. Ryan's a... I'm not a podiatrist. Not a podiatrist. He's a radiologist and he uh, specializes in multi, no, <laughs> musculoskeletal. Yeah, musculoskeletal. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So he sees that stuff a lot. So, Ryan, how was your week of running? Yes. So... We did something fun this week is I usually run in a place that's near one of the places I have to work further away from our house and you had to drive up there. And so I gave you the track that I usually run and you tried to follow it, right? Yes. And that was a lot of fun. It was, uh, I brought my running stuff with me to work in a different area and I told you about that. And then you sent me a screenshot of a route that you normally take But the only problem was your phone is constantly on dark mode. So basically, Ryan sent me a picture of a black map with um, something, you know, scribbled on where to park (laughs) and which route to take. It's pretty easy to follow, though, for the most part. For the most part, except for it was very sunny and I'm trying to hide under a tree for shade to see what it said on the phone. But yeah, for the most part, it was it was a beautiful run, right? You liked it? You liked the course? Yes. I feel like we should be doing that a lot more. I don't know how you could do that, but it'd be kinda, it is kind of neat if you, know, you follow other people's runs. I guess you can kind of do that on Strava or some of the other apps too, where you can see where other people have ran and try to, and try to mimic it, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I heard Map My Run does that, where you can literally put in, you know, you can create your route on street maps and then somebody else can follow it. Yeah, I like the fact that um, on that run that we did, that there is like water fountains along the way and kind of cool things to see. And there wasn't a lot of repeats. Like it's kind of loopy. 
like a little bit of a loop. I didn't see any water fountains. <laughs> you missed them all. I missed every there's, single one. There's, I can see. Let me think. There's got to be. Well, there's one. One. There's at least one. Several at the parking spot, and then because it's a park, it's actually a park has playgrounds and other things. Then along there's a a trail that was like an old railroad track essentially, and along there there's two, three more water fountains, and then when you get back to the waterfront. You go through another park. There's another two water fountains there. <laughs> okay, I didn't see. You're not any the most observant person, just for people <laughs> listening. And so, <laughs> you run by a lot of water fountains. So it's basically you don't have to carry any water with you. You can just basically, you know, within the next five minutes of running, there'll be another water fountain. Yeah, no, I didn't. Next see Next time any. you look out for. Them. <laughs> well, I also usually don't carry water and. It was only a four and a half mile run, so I feel like you know, why would I be looking for water in that short run? How long was it? I think it was about four and a half miles. I was wondering. I didn't. You asked me how long it was, and I was like, I don't know. You <laughs> had no idea because you don't use your watch. <laughs> I had a guess. I was pretty. I was pretty accurate. Yeah, but yeah. I said. I said like, what did I say? Three to five. I don't think you responded. I did. I responded. I said three to five. We'll check text messages. Okay. You missed part of it too. You, you missed like one area you could have run further. But but yeah, it's a, it's a nice run. I like it. That's a fun thing to do. For you can people. always add more too. So anyway, the other thing is that like uh, the more I've ran it, which isn't a whole lot, but it's just occasionally, it's kind of neat because you get to um, find ways to make it cooler or better. There's like, Little shortcuts here or there, or maybe little out pouchings of runs. You can take the course a little differently. Like there's one section where you can actually run down a dock, which is kind of cool. Just mixes it up. I like it. That's cool. So any chance that you're going to be up in that area again to provide me with a new route next week? Oh, I don't know. I don't know about a new route. I kind of like that one, but I might be there next week. I'd have to check. Maybe we should meet up and uh, do a run together. Speaking of running and to get back on topic for today's podcast, how's your foot been doing? My foot has been fine. Um, did I have a foot issue? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Short-term memory loss? <laughs> Long-term memory loss? I don't know. Been a while. You used to, you know, you used to you have a bunch of plantar fasciitis. Like two years ago? Yeah. It's a little while ago. <laughs> Thanks for asking. <laughs> Are you talking about the joint effusion I had? Well, joint effusion is just a a sign that there's something going on, like that the joint's not happy, but doesn't actually tell you what was wrong. I think maybe it was just overused, though. Yeah, I think you're right, and and I think that cleared up in in January. Um, the only thing I've been struggling with lately after the April marathon in Paris was. Uh, I kind of lost my mojo. I kind of lost my motivation for running. I just kind of was sick of running a lot of miles all the time. So I've been very graceful with myself and allow myself right now to just run increments of three miles here and there, which I know is not the best for um, training. My Garmin kept saying detraining, but guess what? What? My Garmin now says I'm productive again as of today. So that makes my heart happy good to be productive it is it is so yeah on with the podcast on with the podcast um do you want to listen to the expert brianna on feet and ankles yes let's do it all right so without any further ado i'm now going to play that conversation 
All right. So I'm here with Brienne Showman. Brienne, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. I'm excited to be on here and talk with you. Yes, me too. I'm glad that I found a new physio to tell us all about injuries. So with that, perhaps you can introduce yourself to our audience and tell us who you are, what you do, how you're involved in running. And then, of course, the most important, your uh, expertise. Yeah, absolutely. So I am Brianne Showman. I am a physical therapist um, and a running coach. I have transitioned more to the running coach side of things than the physio side of things. Um, but obviously, the my background of my physical therapy, education, continuing education, all of that stuff plays a huge role into how I view um, running injuries, um, how I work with runners, programming, training, all of those sorts of things. Um, I graduated from PT school in 2006, um, which seems like forever ago when I put a number on it, but it doesn't seem like I've been doing it for that long. Um, and then switched more to my coaching role around five years ago. Um, essentially, I got sick of the insurance companies telling me what I was allowed to do with people. Um, but ultimately, I started noticing patterns that, um, you know, if people just started moving better, learning how to control and stabilize their bodies differently or, or in a better manner, that a lot of these injuries don't have to happen. So I decided to take more of a proactive role rather than a reactive approach in really like helping um, helping athletes, specifically runners, really dial in things so they aren't constantly getting injured like we see a lot of these cycles happen. That's awesome. And what a great uh, combo for your trainees to have a running coach who also knows your physio very good because you know how easy it is nowadays to get certified as a running coach. But then we tend to disregard a lot of the little nuances, um, you know, the nagging injuries. When do we stop? How much do we stop? And, and all that. So, so that's really cool. Yeah, thank you. So I kind of want to hop into, I guess you told me you specialize in foot and ankle issues. So that's a lot because there's a lot that can happen down there without even taking into consideration everything else that's going on in our bodies. Um, perhaps you can mention to us what are the most common running injuries that you see in the foot and ankle area? Yeah, I absolutely love foot and ankle. Um, I feel like it's a miss often misdiagnosed area. It's an area that's often neglected until we have foot and ankle issues. And so it's something I've gotten very passionate about. Um, also because I have a history of my own foot and ankle issues over the, over my years pre before I was a physical therapist. Um, so I really, really got passionate about foot and ankle. Um, but as far as the most common things that we see with runners, um, we're looking at plantar fasciitis. We're looking at Achilles tendonitis or any other Achilles issues. Um, we're looking at shin splints. Um, and there's a number of types, or there's a couple different types of shin splints, but just shin splints in general. Um, we're looking at peroneal tendonitis. So that pain on the outside of the um, lower leg, outside the foot area. Um, and then the other one that I, I still kind of throw in there and it can be looped into the Achilles, but um, calf strains are another big problem that we see with people and that tend to be recurring issues quite a bit. Wow. That list is, uh, you know, being in the running community, it's such a, it rings so many bells, you know, <laughs> just scrolling through Instagram, you can at least, you know, going down, you, you find five of them right there. And uh, personally I've dealt with, plantar fasciitis, I think with Achilles problems, I don't know if it was tendonitis or not. So perhaps you can 
tell our newer runners what exactly they are, what they feel like, and maybe why those injuries could happen? Yeah. So starting with plantar fasciitis, I I personally feel like this is one of the biggest misdiagnosed ones. Um, a lot of times, anytime there's pain on the bottom of the foot, it'll get lumped into the plantar fasciitis um, diagnosis. When all in all reality, yes, it could be plantar fascia, but we also have a lot of other muscles on the bottom of there's a lot of muscles, a lot of stuff going on in the bottom of the foot um, that it can be more muscle related rather than plantar fascia related. Um, so it is a little bit of a nuance there, um, but until you kind of dig deeper into, um, into it with a clinician, physical therapist, um, something like that, it's hard to say for sure. Um, but typically with plantar fascia issues, it's pain on the bottom of the foot. Most often than not, it's closer to the heel. Um, textbook plantar fasciitis, fasciitis diagnosis, um, pain is worse, like first step out of bed in the morning or after you've been sitting for a long period of time. And then as you get moving around, things loosen up, it calms down a little bit. Um, but typically like pain on the bottom of the foot is going to be your plantar fasciitis diagnosis. And then it can be a lot of things from there. Um, when we're talking about Achilles, your Achilles tendon is that big one on the back of your heel. Um, so anytime we get any sort of pain in that area, typically it's going to be a, an Achilles tendonitis or tendinopathy of some sort. Um, sometimes you might even feel, especially as it gets worse, you might feel a lump forming um, at the end of it where it attaches onto the bone itself. Um, a lot of people, once this happens, they, it's like, they feel like it's the end of the world. It's not, it doesn't mean you need surgery. It doesn't mean you need to have stopped running. It just means we need to take care of it. Um, but most often with Achilles tendonitis, we have pain in that area. Um, a lot of times with running and walking both. Um, let's see. Next we have shin splints. Um, we have two types of shin splints. We have anterior and we have posterior shin, or sorry, medial shin splints. <laughs> Try that one again. Anterior shin splints are going to be that big anterior tibialis muscle. So that big muscle on the, that you feel right on the front of the leg. Um, a lot of times you'll feel this anytime you like lift when they're triggered, you'll feel it like anytime you lift that toe, the front of that foot off the ground, you're really going to feel that. So anytime you pick your leg up, you can feel that like sharp pain on the front of that leg with medial shin splints. It's a different muscle and different area involved. Um, typically we're going to feel these more when we are towing off. So when that right for that foot comes off the ground or maybe while it's on the ground and then starting to come off. Um, but essentially it's the muscle that helps us to get onto our toe that takes the most force as we're going onto our toe. So um, those are two different types. We feel them in two different ways. Um, and essentially we treat them in two completely different ways as well. Um, let's see, proneal tendinitis. Um, this one can be a tough one to diagnose because a lot of times we have pain on the outside, on the bone on the outside of our foot. So a lot of times we have to decipher or and possibly get tests done to figure out is it a stress fracture or is it a tendonitis that we're feeling pain where that tendon is on that bone? Um, so it is something we always want to clear first is make sure we don't have a stress fracture. Um, that goes for any injury in general, but making sure we don't have a stress fracture. Um, and as long as it's not that, then, um, then we can dive into the perineal tendonitis stuff. But typically that pain is going to be on the outside of the foot, maybe the outside of the ankle. Um, and then you might feel a little bit of tightness up through the muscles on the outside of the lower leg. Cause that's where the muscle belly is. 
And let's see, calf strains, I think we all pretty much know those. I'm Most runners have felt that at some point, whether it's an injury or just used them pretty hard, climbing some hills or doing something like that. Um, but calf strains, you can feel that anywhere in the calf. Typically, we're going to feel it more towards the upper calf and towards the inside of it. Um, that's typically where we get most of our issues when it comes to the calf, but they can be anywhere um, in that calf muscle itself. All right. That is a list. And uh, yeah, thanks for explaining what they should feel like or hopefully not, but what they do feel <laughs> like. And so now let's go into the causes of them. And I just want to, you know, kind of throw out a blanket statement of what my common and probably most people's common belief is that you get these injuries through overtraining, I'm assuming. And I'm thinking that because even a friend of mine who is not a runner, who wants to be a runner, but she went on a vacation to New York and she said they walked nine miles a day and she came home and all of a sudden she has this pain in her heel, you know, all of that, or, you know, myself running a few weeks of 80 miles in my life. And then afterwards coming off with some kind of injury on my ankle, it makes me think most of them you could say are due to overuse. And I hope that you can correct me for that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I really, I really don't like the term overuse injury for the main fact that we see the same injuries happen in people who run 20 miles a week and people who run 80 miles a week. And we also see these ultra marathoners who are consistently running hundred miles a week or more and never get injured. So if it's truly overuse, at least in the way I view it, like we would see these same injuries anytime anyone hit a certain mileage point, And that doesn't happen. What is typically happening with these injuries is um, one of two scenarios or possibly both scenarios. One is as we grow up through our lives, we have injuries, we have habits that we get into, we have movement patterns that we compensate to because of other injuries we have. So our bodies aren't necessarily moving in an ideal manner. By the time we're probably like 20 years old, if our bodies can handle that for a period of time, eventually those compensations catch up to us. So a lot of times an injury that we start to feel maybe when we're 35, 40 years old could be related to an ankle sprain or a knee injury we had when we were teenagers. Um, and we never fully correct. Our bodies are great at learning compensation. So we don't feel that pain and don't, and can still move. And then eventually like the body says, I'm fed up. I'm creating pain until you fix me. So that's one big reason why we get a lot of these injuries. The other one is we, if we don't have a good base built up. So a lot of times it's like you want to start running. So cool. You get some shoes, you get some clothes, you go start a run walk process, maybe get into running, going a little bit further, which once again, the body does great and can do great with that. But then eventually you start to increase your mileage and you don't have the strength and stability built up in your body to control, to be able to control your body for those amount of miles that you're putting on it, the demand that you're putting on it. So then we start to break our bodies down or something starts to break down because we don't have that base that's able to support us. So it's not necessarily that we are overusing anything. It's that we just don't have the stability and control built up in our bodies for the demands we're putting upon it. That's uh, great. That's very interesting. I've never thought about, you know, the long-term effect of your body overcompensating or changing a certain movement and then it catching up with you later. 
And uh, yeah, it makes sense. The whole having a base before you build up slowly versus using a mile marker for overcompensation. That's a, that's a great point. So um, along with that, perhaps you can also talk to me about the whole concept of icing and stretching. You and I have talked about that before and why one could kind of guess that it doesn't always work. Yeah. So diving into the ice one first, um, one, like you still talk to a lot of people who it's like rest, ice, compression, elevation, that whole rice concept, um, which the person I can't remember, I don't even remember his name anymore right now, but the guy who like brought this whole theory out years ago has already debunked that. And so like he debunked his own theory, but we're still, a lot of people are still doing this with ice. The problem, well, we have two problems with it. One, we're just treating the symptoms of the pain. So you have your have your pain, say in the plantar fascia, you ice the area to dull the pain receptors, but that's all you're doing. You're not healing that in any way, shape, or form. The other problem with ice is the way our bodies heal is by bringing in, by creating inflammation. So we create an inflammatory process. So the body knows to send the healing properties to that area. If we ice it, we take down that, te- that inflammation temporarily. So then the body doesn't know it has to send those healing properties to the area for a period of time. So we actually are delaying the healing process from even happening when we are using ice. Um, so I typically am not a huge proponent of ice. Like, yes, it makes it feel good. So if you like absolutely need it to calm something down, cool. But don't think that that's helping you to heal anything um, in any way. Um, when it comes to stretching, you know, I, a lot of times I hear people say, you know, I, I got injured. I know I don't stretch enough or I injured myself. So now I'm stretching. Like if stretching was truly the issue, like people stretch all the time, they still get injured. People don't stretch all the time. They still get injured. People don't stretch. They start stretching after they're injured and it doesn't go away. So obviously stretching is not the answer for everything. Can it help with some things? Absolutely. But if you're stretching for a period of time and it's not resolving the problem, it's probably not going to help. Kind of like I said earlier, with like we build up compensation patterns, movement patterns, we develop these ways that our bodies move. And so you can stretch if you want, but unless you fully look into like, how is my body moving? That's creating this injury that's continuing to let it stick around we're not going to get rid of that injury. Um, And then the other thing I do want to mention with that is with stretching, like if an area of your body feels like overly tight um, and it's been overly tight for a long time, the body's great at learning. Like that's where it's supposed to be. That's its happy zone. When we stretch, we elongate this muscle but the body doesn't know that it's allowed to be in this elongated position. So it just goes back to shortening up. So that's a lot of times why it's like, I need to stretch every single day or every like couple hours in order for it to feel good. What we need to do, if you do want to stretch the, um, like I said, stretching isn't in itself, isn't a bad thing. If we know how to use that. So what you can do is if you stretch, then you do something, some sort of strengthening exercise to teach it how to use that motion. So like if you stretch your calves, then we need to do something to help the foot and ankle know how to control 
what we call dorsiflexion, that foot coming up. If you stretch your hamstrings, then we need to teach the body how to actually control that elongation that you just gave it. That's the only way that stretching is effective and that we can, so we can truly teach the body how to use that motion once we do stretch a muscle. Awesome. So learn something again, <clears throat> excuse me. So now that you mentioned that and opened the gate with the whole icing and taking away inflammation that your body normally creates, I want to ask you uh, one of my favorite questions, which is about ibuprofen. Uh, are you proponent, opponent, and when is it okay to take it? And when should we take Tylenol instead? Yeah. Um, so with I, I do want to say, first off, with any injury, I'm not a fan of using pain medication to mask symptoms to allow you to still like go out for a run or function. If you're masking symptoms, it's still like you're going to compensate through it. You're going to create issues. Um, if you like whatever you're dealing with is not allowing you to sleep. Cool. Take it at night. We need to sleep. That's when our body heals. That's when our body repairs. Sleep is absolutely important. So I do want to say that like, we don't want to use anything to mask pain so we can, so we can like run, but if you need to function throughout your daily life, if you need to sleep, cool. Um, as far as ibuprofen versus Tylenol, um, when it kind of depends on what, what we're doing, um, and what you, what you are wanting to have take place. Like, and the reason I say that is, um, like if you get any, if you ever go anywhere for like PRP prolotherapy injections, the physician should tell you no anti-inflammatories of any sort for a certain amount of time, because that injection created an inflammatory response so we can heal the body. Um, when it's injured, it is a little bit different. So when it is injured, um, the anti-inflammatories can help. Um, I'd personally, I'd say stick more to the Tylenol, especially if we're talking more like muscle injuries. So we can have more of the inflammation response to that muscle. If it's more of a joint, cause the joint is tight, stiff, um, even mobile, like if something's going on with the joint itself, the, um, I'm okay with anti-inflammatory because typically it's more of just the nerve response happening in that joint. Um, rather than an inflammation issue. But if it's in muscle tendon and any soft tissue itself, we probably need that inflammation response to be happening. Okay, perfect. Thank you for uh, clarifying that. And I guess my next question is, now that we know what maybe doesn't work for us, what does work with all those injuries that we have? Uh, what's the solution? Is it preventative care or exercises or what about if you're already injured, how do you get out of that? Yeah. Well, preventive care is always going to be the best method, but typically we think about that after the fact. So let's dive into the what to do during or while you're injured. Um, I do want to answer first off, like, should we run? Should we not? A lot of that is debatable. If you talk to a lot of physicians, they're just going to be like, don't run. Typically they don't understand runners or running. And we know that's not very likely when we want to, if you're injured, I typically will tell someone to stop running. If one, it continues to get worse. Like you're obviously flaring it up. If it's going to, if it's continuing to get worse over time. And two, if you're compensating how you're moving in any way, um, if you can maintain your same running technique that you had when you weren't injured while you're running, um, you're probably okay to be doing some short distances. 
But if you are limping, stepping weird every single time you run, you are just going to create more issues for yourself rather than healing anything. So definitely need to stop running at that point and get things taken care of. Um, as far as healing injuries, a um, couple things need to go on. You always need to calm down the issue. Um, as I already said, we don't really want to use anti-inflammatories, medications, things like that a ton um, because we aren't really healing anything. When, um, especially with like tendonitis issues, muscle issues, they actually respond better to doing some loading, meaning actually using the muscles. But this doesn't mean in heavy form. It could mean like if I have a hamstring or even calf strain or working with someone, it's like I'm going to be doing RDLs or single leg RDLs with them. If it's more of a foot and ankle issue and we're working on calf stuff or even perineal stuff, I'm doing like in a controlled manner, um, kind of deloading a little bit, doing some modified versions of heel raises or heel drops and things like that in order to load the body and get it to repair itself in that manner. Um, so a lot of times like rest stretching doesn't, isn't going to be your ideal method, but loading it through those, um, patterns in a controlled safe way is the way we want to do things. Um, and then thinking like, how do we fully get this to go away? So we don't continue these cycles that a lot of times we get into. That's when we need to look at movement patterns. What is your body doing? What's your running technique look like? What does it look like when you're just standing on one leg, when you're squatting, when you're lunging, when you're jumping and looking at everything that's going on with the entire body as a whole, in order to figure out what compensated patterns or what movement faults might be contributing to some of these issues. If we can correct those then a lot of times we can one, get past the injury that we're dealing with, but two, keep it from coming back over and over again, like it often does. Very awesome. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, I guess it requires a lot of patience and a lot of trial and error on our part, as yeah. well as finding out how our bodies heal, because it seems like all these injuries seem to be sticking around for so long. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. You know, I, I typically, the way I view it is a lot of these injuries stick around ultimately because we haven't figured out the root cause of the issue yet, or for you and your body. Um, so just kind of give an example, like maybe someone has perineal tendonitis and they've done everything for their foot and ankle. They've done like all the bandit stuff. They've done standing, standing things. Um, but no one, maybe no one's looked at how at their running technique and notice that every time they step, they're landing on the outside of their foot rather than where they need to be doing. Or maybe every time they're planted on their foot, something's happening with their hip. And so we're getting a rolling in of that foot and is having to respond. So um, like, it's not necessarily that people are necessarily doing the wrong things for a lot of these injuries. It's more, they aren't, they might not be getting down to that root cause to really figure out like, what is my body doing to continue triggering this issue? Okay. And so then for the bulk of us who just run every day for fun and every, you know, once in a year, we, we, once a year we train for a marathon, where can we go? Is that something that you do or is there something runners can do in general? Because as you know, it's the same as hearing your voice on a recorder and you think, Oh, I didn't realize I sound like that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you see a video of yourself running. I just had a finishing um, marathon video that my cousin took of me and I 
when I was running, I was sprinting it in and I felt like I'm going to look amazing in this video because I knew she was probably going to take it. And I looked at it afterwards and I realized, wow, I, <laughs> I don't look like the way I think I look like at all. <laughs> oh so where can um, we figure all that out? Is there a place to send in videos? Is there something you suggest to do to just help the average runner uh, be better every day? Yeah. So videos are always amazing for that purpose that you just said, like, we think we're doing something and the video shows we're doing something completely different. So um, it could be as simple as you, you know, you taking a video of yourself and just getting an idea of what that looks like. And maybe like, you might notice and like something might stand on me like, oh, like I land there or my leg does this. No wonder I'm feeling X, Y, and Z things. Or it could be a situation where you're looking and you're like, I'm not really sure what I'm doing. Um, either way, there's a lot of different physical therapists that work with runners. Um, some just work locally, some work virtually. Myself, I do work virtually. So I do a lot of this work via Zoom, via videos um, in order to really break down movement patterns. Um, there are... Um, there's a couple different websites that you can go to to search to see if there's people in your area. Um, one is Pose, and that's where I'm under is Pose Running. Um, the other one is called Run DNA. Um, so you can kind of look there to see if there's any running specialists in your area if you prefer to work with someone in person. Um, and then let's see from there, like if you're injured, like physical therapists for the most part can do a fairly good job. Um, I don't find they're great sometimes with foot and ankle, to be honest. Um, and then if you're working with the therapist, um, you want to make sure they know runners. Like, I don't know how many times I talk to runners and it's like, what exercises are you doing? And they're all like seated or lying down exercises or doing all just kind of this generic stuff. Last time I checked, we run standing on our feet. We don't run lying down or seated. So we really want to make sure that the exercises we're doing that are given to us by a therapist, if you're working with someone, is very much like understands runners, so knows what the running technique looks like, um, knows what is supposed to be happening with our bodies during everything. Um, so you're really getting the best um, outcomes possible for yourself. That's awesome. So you said that's post runners and you will be on there as well. But if people want yeah, to so reach you directly, can you tell us your website and perhaps also how we can find you on Instagram? Yeah. So my website is getyourfixpt.com. And then my Instagram is at the OCR doc. Perfect. And we'll link that in our show notes. And then is there anything else that you want to throw out to the world about uh, foot and ankle or perhaps working with you that we should know? Yeah. Um, one thing I didn't mention, and, and I'm not sure why I didn't, is with the foot and ankle, like you want to just think, and the, the foot contributes to so many issues throughout our body. Our foot essentially is our foundation of our body. So it's what we stand on when we're standing. Um, and that if we don't have good, stable foot and ankle, we can't really have anything stable up the chain. So regardless if you're injured or not, um, I highly suggest you start working on foot and ankle things. You start getting everything there nice and strong because you can really, especially if you're not injured, you can minimize a lot of things by getting that um, stronger. Um, if you go, you can either... Um, go to my website and email me or Instagram and message me. If you can't find it, um, you can go to my YouTube channel. Let's get your fixed physical therapy. And I have a ton of foot and ankle videos 
on there. Um, I always suggest people start with short foot and um, toe strengthening because that's going to be the like base that I start everyone on because if we don't have good control there, we can't have good control anywhere else. So I would highly suggest if you just want to start something on your own, if you're injured, if you're not, um, start there with things. And I think you'll notice, start noticing some big improvements. That's awesome. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back on soon and talk about some other aspects of our bodies that uh, <laughs> could need some help and assistance. Absolutely. I can talk about this stuff for days. It's fun. <laughs> Thank you, Vienna, so much for coming on and speaking with me and answering all my questions. I look forward to, like I said, speaking with you again in the future. And anything else from you, Ryan? Have a happy running week. Happy running week. Till next time, the season finale. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us and as always, have a great week of running.